This is Tax Debt Consultant with the godfather of tax resolution with enrolled agent Carlos Samaniego. It's time to put all of your tax problems behind you using plain and simple language. Carlos will show you how to reduce your tax debt and get the IRS hitman off your back. Off your back. And now, the godfather, Carlos Samaniego. Hello, YouTube, and welcome, podcast listeners. Today, I have a very special guest, and I, I, I've been looking forward to this interview for so long because Diane Kennedy has been one of my heroes. Uh, I first heard of Diane Kennedy literally back in 2000, 2001, when she wrote the book um, Loopholes of the Rich as part of the Rich Dad series, a really old book. And um, this girl is, she's just a genius when it comes down to tax strategies, not marketing strategies, but tax strategies and coaching and education. And I wanted to bring her on because we're getting ready to start the tax year. So much is going on with COVID. We're going to talk about that. And just welcome, Diane. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Carlos. We have known each other a long time. It's nice to know other professionals in your field because you know, it helps to be able to bounce ideas off of and to have somebody to you can refer people to. So I appreciate the friendship and the professional relationship we've had. Oh, thank you. And, you know, we have so many different, um, the same interests, you know, yeah. dogs and um, especially where you um, where you um, reside now and and obviously taxes is, is a big one and and I think the big one too is just helping people I mean it's just so important because you know we deal with people every day that have um, that have all all types of things that can happen and as many of you guys know I deal with you know the bad side of this once they've already gotten in trouble um, the teaching and education that Diane does um, prevents you from getting into that type of problem so <laughs> let's just get started Diane Sure, so, you bet. About, um, you know, you, you came out with an email um, earlier, this, um, a couple of weeks ago, called your tax return in COVID. Tell me, you know, what should um, taxpayers be thinking about kind of going forward? Yeah, well, we've had a couple of things happen. One is, this is the latest start to tax season that I can remember. They're not going to start accepting e-files until February 12th. Usually we see that about the third week in January. And the reason is, is because they not only do they have changes going on in the tax law, but they're also trying to get those economic stimulus payments out, uh, which the IRS had to do. So they got slammed. And remember that the IRS in a lot of areas are still shut down. They can't open up their business. So people are trying to work from home. Or if they are working, they can only go half staff because they can't have full capacity there. So they have less people working on more problems. Um, in the beginning of December, they still had a million uh, envelopes to open. They hadn't opened up a million pieces of mail. Most of them were uh, 2019 tax returns that hadn't been logged. And so, and I know your your guys are seeing this because you, you help solve those problems. But people are getting notices that hey, you're getting penalized because your tax return wasn't filed. And yeah, it was filed. It's just been sitting at the IRS for seven months because nobody's opened up the mail yet. Or they're they, trying to yeah. yeah. No, I, not only that, um, people have sent payments and they're getting notices that they're, oh, yeah. um, they still owe money, yet we have canceled checks. I mean, it's right. just pain, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what, so what do you do now as we're looking forward 2020 tax year? Um, the first thing my suggestion is, and this is what we're doing with our clients, is we're filing extensions 
really early. I mean, unless people are ready to go to file right away, we're getting an extension. And the, the reason is, is because we don't know if COVID's going to get hit us. Mm-hmm. My entire family got COVID in December. And I didn't, but my husband, my son and his wife and my two grandkids, everybody got COVID. And the thing that we learned from that is even though they didn't have what are considered serious cases, thank goodness, but it's exhausting. I mean, my husband, who is like the hardest worker I know, couldn't get out of bed for more than two hours at a time. Now, if something happened like that to me or to any other tax preparer at a time when we're that busy, we're, we, there's a chance we might not get extensions filed. We certainly aren't going to get returns done, but we might not be able to get extensions filed. So for that reason, as soon as we can, we're filing extensions. If your CPA or your um, enrolled agent, you know, if your tax preparer suggests that, please be open to that suggestion. What they're doing is making sure you're covered. It doesn't mean they're going to get lazy and file yours at the back, you know, at the end of the pile. It just means they're trying to be safe in case something happens and they can't get it filed in time. That way you'll avoid the penalties. You know, Dan, and, and, and that is a big fear of mine because I, I have a sole practice. Um, I have one assistant, um, but that, that fear is that, okay, you know, and, and I would imagine if you're anybody that it's a solo practitioner that deals with this, what do you do? You know, if you get COVID and, you know, I've had multiple friends um, that have caught it, their parents, I've had parents that have passed away because of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like you said, even if you don't get hit hard, uh, you said the running kind of theme I've seen is exhaustion. Yeah. Know? So I, I'm terrified of catching it because I'm not going to be able to work. Right. And, uh, that's just such a smart strategy. And you know, it's one of the things I, I actually taught a class just recently and um, kind of gave that advice that you gave, you know, file those extensions early because we don't know. We yeah. Really- yeah. And um, the other than also as being a tax preparer, a tax payer, um, if you have a business, uh, we've got a brand new program out there with the Paycheck Protection Plan. Mm-hmm. And so there's more loans that can become grants and they're net, we now know they're not taxable. But you have to qualify for that based on how much your income is quarterly. So th- this is all leading up to you're going to have to possibly keep your books and records in a much better shape than you ever have before, because you're going to have to compare quarter by quarter 2020 with 2019. So yeah. it's not a case of at the end of the year, we add up all these numbers and we figure out how much your business has, which I know some clients, that's what they do with their businesses. We right. actually need to know quarterly and we have to have real financial statements. So this is a good time if you aren't there and you're thinking about, hey, I want to get part of this grant that is kind of tax-free money. I want to see if I qualify and if I can apply for that. Now's the time to be putting your emphasis into making sure you've got good books and records because you're going to need those for that. You need them for your tax return anyway. So you might as well make sure you got the extra detail. Yeah. And, you know, I know and I know that's something that you push and I push all the time. And I tend not to see those complete books and records because people are coming with the problem in the first place. Yeah. Actually, I dealt yeah. With morning. And um, now this is just an extra incentive, really, to keep better books and records because of these possible... Um, of qualifying for it's the PPP, the PPP two. That's right. Yeah. Paycheck protection plan, PPP two. Right. But you have to qualify for that one. I mean, it's, it's a little harder, the gradient of having to qualify. You have to show that your business had a decline in gross revenue. That's the total sales, not your in net income, but the gross revenue. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Talk a little bit, um, you know, I'm looking at this email, talk a little bit about that forgiveness. 
Sure. Okay. So th this is such an interesting story. Um, I mean, for me, who likes to read tax law, um, the, the first Corona tax uh, bill that came out was Families First. And that was the one that talked about the family leave and there was payroll tax forgiveness. The second one that impacted most people was the CARES Act, C-A-R-E-S. And that's where we got that first economic stimulus payment of $1,200 per adult, 600, 500 per child. And we also had the PPP loan, the Paycheck Protection Plan. Um, that loan, according to Congress was that it was a loan that was given based on what your gross uh, wages were for two and a half months. And there was a uh, conversation on how you calculated that. Um, and then if once you spent it in, in alignment for what they had, which ended up being 60% of it for wages, and then the other 40% would be for other things, at least 60% had to be for payroll. If it wasn't, then some of this wouldn't be forgiven. But one thing that Congress did say is that the loan would not be taxable. I mean, if it became, it was forgiven, it would not be taxable. Then the IRS and the Department of Treasury uh, Secretary then uh, Mnuchin said, okay, fine, it's not going to be taxable, but you have to subtract that from your deductions. So in essence, it becomes taxable because you lost, let's say you had $5,000 of a forgiven amount. Now you have to take $5,000 off your deductions. Well, that's the Congress said, nope, that's not what we meant. And they finally fixed it in December. And so it's very clear it is not taxable. Um, and I've run into a few people that had gotten those PPP loans before earlier in the year and it found out that, um, well, we have to change this. It ends up we have to reduce it. And they think that's still the case. It was late December that changed. So the PPP is not income and it also does not reduce your deductions. So that's that's good news. Now, when they've opened up the PPP loans, if you didn't get your do it the first time, you can net, you can apply for that first loan. Um, 500 or less employees or actually less than 500 employees. And you need to have been in business by February 15th, 2020. Um, there was some confusion that you had to show a 2019 tax return in order to get it. And so some people missed out on that because they started it maybe January 2020. Right. And that's been clarified the second time. You don't have to show a 2019 tax return to get this loan. So if people missed out the first time, try it again because it's gotten easier. The application process has gotten easier. So the PPP loan, it's based on two and a half times of your gross salary, the salaries that are paid. Um, if you have a sole practitioner or a sole proprietorship, like a Schedule C, and maybe you don't have any employees, you might think, oh, I don't get it. Well, they're going to base it on whatever the net income is on that Schedule C. Okay. And so your net income, if it, you had it for the full year, divided by 12 gives you your average monthly times two and a half. Okay. You just started in January, then you're going to end up prorating it. You'll just have from whatever period you're in, and you'll just have to calculate it, what that would be for the month. A month average monthly times 12. If you have a partnership, it's based on what amount, you know, in a partnership, there's this form called a schedule K1 mm -hmm. that shows the partners uh, their share of the income. And as part of that, there is a box that you report self-employment income. You know, sometimes a person might be in a partnership and they don't really do any work. So none of it's subject to self-employment. And in another time they do work and it's subject to self-employment. Whatever's in that box for self-employment income, that will be your income that counts for the PPP loan. 
So again, that's been clarified for this. It was before it was kind of nobody knew how to do it, but now we're really clear on how to do it with Schedule C, we're, you know, how to do it with partnerships. And then if you have a corporation, it would be payroll. That's probably the easiest of all because the way a partner gets money or anybody else gets their pay, it's through payroll. Independent contractors that you pay do not count as part of that. It has to be somebody who actually has payroll. That's actual payroll, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and then there is to make sure that if you didn't get that first one, do uh, mm-hmm. definitely go. Um, you would you do have to do the first one to, uh, before you in can- order to get the second one. Yep. But here's the deal. You can get the first one. Um, and where do you apply? Um, there's fintech companies that are available. Cabbage, Blue Vine, uh, Intuit. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, there must be 20 or more of them. Just do a Google for PPP, F-I-N-T-E-C-H, FinTech, and you'll see who's doing those, mm-hmm. or your bank. Um, a lot of people have just had the best success just using their bank because, oh, yeah, they know them and they've got the bank account already set up and et cetera. Okay, then once you have used that money or you're expected to use that money, you, you know, you're well on track for that, you can then apply for a PPP2 loan. That's the second one. And in order to get that one, less than 300 employees, you need to show that uh, you did get that PPP one loan and you've either used it or you're on track to use it. And then third, and then this is the one that's a little harder. You need to show that for a quarter in 2020, you were less than a quarter in 2019. Um, So let's say it was first quarter, which would be January 1st through March 31st. In 2020, compare that to your 2019 quarter. It, the gross revenue, the top number, the sales number has to be 25% or more less. Mm. Okay, so if maybe you have, a, in 2020, you had a great first and second quarter and third and fourth were horrible. You probably qualify, just compare quarter to quarter. What is 30, third quarter 2020 compared to third quarter 2019? Okay, now for the guys that got started in 2020, they're going to say, hey, this doesn't work. I don't have anything in 2019. So what they're letting people do is compare February to January. So if you, as long as you'd started in January and you have something, even if it was halfway through, we can still, you know, figure that double that for the month of January. So we've got a sense of that. And then if we see that decline happening the next month, then you're going to qualify that 25% or more. I have a question, Diane. Um, yeah. I, Cause I had a client that called me. Um, they were specifically asking about this. Um, they don't keep QuickBooks. They're just using their bank, kind of what most business owners do. They just use their bank account as a cash register, um, mm-hmm. keep track of their income and their expenses. But there is no QuickBooks per se there. Mm-hmm. How would you, um, can you tell the readers, how would uh, an individual like that compare quarter to quarter? Uh, they're going to have to go back and do the books. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be QuickBooks. It could be, you know, there's other programs out there. Um, and I mean, technically, I suppose you could even do it by hand, but it's going to have to be a true profit and loss. The easiest way would be, um, and I know it's going to be a, some work there, but to go in and enter all of that for 2019 and the income and the expenses, you know, using your bank statements right. and the income that comes in and then the expenses, figuring out what those were for 2019 compared to 2020. So you've got, 24 months of bank statements you're going to have to enter into a program to do that. Gotcha. Um, Honestly, what I would do is look at that and they probably have a sense on whether they're going to qualify or not. If the income looks about the same, maybe it's not worth it. But if it really took a nosedive, it's worth it. You can get that money. 
Yeah, that two and a half times. And it is not taxable. You do not have to pay it back provided you spend it the way you're supposed to, you know, payroll, which can be payroll to yourself. And you follow and those rules. There's something I like for you to talk about because there, a lot of my listeners and um, people that watch this on YouTube are California residents. Mm. California has this uh, special word. We They do not conform. So, right. <laughs> um, I, I just got off a two-day Spidel workshop, uh, which is a California-specific tax education. Um, and, and that was kind of the running thing. See, they do not conform to the federal standards. Right. Is, um, can you tell the readers about California? Is that PPP taxable in California? Uh, you know, I was going to ask you because the last time I looked at it, California had not ruled. Uh, some of the states have gone ahead and adopted it, but in California's case, they need to adopt something. They, I mean, they have to take uh, action. They're still working on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was the answer. They don't know yet. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Great. As of extend, right now. Extend your return because you don't need, I mean, oh my gosh, could you imagine? You make a guess and then you're going to have to go amend to California? No. Just that, extend that could your return. Be a, a, an automatic reason why California residents want, are going to want to extend yeah. just yeah. that, so. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. California. The other thing, um, just to kind of while I'm on this rule, um, the other program that's open is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, EIDL. Now, that is a loan and it's from the SBA, but it is an amazing loan. It's 30 year fixed rate. Gosh, I've forgotten now the amount. I want to say like 3% interest. It's low interest. I, I don't know any business that can go out and get a 30 year fixed rate loan. It's, I think, Every business that can qualify should go get this loan just because it's such a great loan. Um, the, it's EIDL. This is something you apply directly with the, to the SBA with. Um, the way it was originally written is that there would be an advance given right away, and it would be up to $10,000. And then later the SBA determined that, okay, it's up to $10,000, $1,000 per employee. So if, there's, if it's sole pr proprietorship and you're the only person, you're going to get a $1,000 advance. Yeah. Okay. Then that that is forgivable, forgivable. Um, so you don't have to pay that back. Then the loan is just a regular loan, and you'll have payments. Like I think it starts ten months later. There's a a, a period before they start. Um, now, one of the things that unfortunately the IRS uh, decided to add in there is that, or the SBA and the IRS, they said that that EIDL grant amount, fine, you don't have to pay that back. And the PPP, you don't have to pay it back, but you don't get both. You have to pay, like if you got $5,000 in PPP and $1,000 in EIDL, you have to pay $1,000 back. Okay. And they, they said that, then Congress said, no, that's not what we said. And so that has been changed as well. That This late, this December act was wonderful. Right. But I know that there's people that have already gone through the forgiveness process with the EIDL and PPP, and they were told, okay, fine, the PPP has all been forgiven except for this amount, that EIDL that you were also forgiven, you don't get both. Mm -hmm. And so they have something that they're supposed to start making payments on. If, if, if this sounds familiar to anyone, um, they're going to know this. They've gotten the letter. Disregard it. The SBA will be following up. They've asked everybody to give them 21 days, which by now is up, but I don't think they've still done it yet. Um, there's, you, 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 have you seen it? I got my letter. Oh, okay. So, and to correct it? To correct it? Yes. Oh, good. Good. So they are doing that. Yeah. So, uh, good. You brought something up with the EIDL, and, and I'm going to bring this up to you, and you can talk a little bit about this because. The EIDL is specifically meant to be used for your business, correct? Correct. Yeah. 
It's not meant to use because I know personally people are taking that money and putting down payments for personal residence. Oh, no. In fact, it's very specific. Yeah, in fact, that's really specific that you can't do that. Um, if, If you've been taking a payroll, then you can help fund whatever your normal payroll is. But you can't bonus yourself. In fact, that was talked about. You can't pay off other debt. But this one in itself is a little tricky because I had some clients that had, during the pandemic, I mean, they were scrambling and they had credit card debt that they'd had to use for the business. Business, right? Clearly, it was the business. And they used that because rather than paying 20% or whatever it was to a credit card, they could pay 3.5% to the EIDL. But you can't pull that money out and pay off your personal stuff or use it for personal things. Now, if you normally get a paycheck and you use that paycheck to buy a residence, fine. But you can't do that. And if somebody's doing that, um, that's fraud. And there is, I mean, we're talking felony fraud. So, you know, that could be a serious challenge. And and the IRS IRS is dramatically enforcing criminal, um, looking into criminal um, investigations on a lot of this this year. Um, um, They've funded that department pretty heavily this year. And I think yeah. they're looking for a lot of this stuff. So, yeah, I think I, I've heard the SBA is as well. Mm-hmm. And so, we're, you know, we're going to probably see. I mean, that is going to be that is the biggest fraud, I think, that we're seeing, in it, along with unemployment and people drawing unemployment when they shouldn't be. Right. We're seeing that as well, too. And they are really coming after that one as well right now. So well, let's talk about some good news. Okay, great. Well, actually, I think that PPP and EIDL are great news. Great news. You have a business and it qualifies. This is a great loan. Yeah, you have to pay it back, but the terms are amazing. PPP is free money. And if you qualify, get it to help your business. Oh, absolutely. Um, How about meals? Oh, okay. Starting this year, (laughs) business. Okay, now this is the tricky one. And I'm curious if you've heard anything more about this. Restaurant meals are now 100% deductible. For mm-hmm. restaurant meals for businesses. Have you gotten any more guidance on what restaurant meals means? Do you have to eat in the restaurant? Well, I haven't heard specific guidance, but considering, especially in California, yeah. there's no right. restaurant. <laughs> right. They're not, I mean, they just opened up outdoor dining literally yesterday. So right. I would imagine if, if, if the restaurant's not open, it has to be a to-go meal, correct? <laughs> right. That's I, I think that's got to be what they're doing. I haven't seen anything that says other than that. And mm-hmm. California, at least, has got gorgeous weather. But could you imagine you're in, I don't know, Illinois or something, and it's like, okay, outdoor dining is all going to, you know, you're not going to want to be outdoor dining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I've got to believe they're going to do to-go meals for that. And of course, it's business meals. The, the regular rules apply for that, that there's a business purpose and that you're, you know, they're eating with another person. It's not just your meal with yourself. But um, and, and that other person, like I always say, can be a prospect, it can be a customer, it can be a client, can be your accountant. Pay attention. Thank you. <laughs> and, yep. <laughs> you know, anything to do with the business it can be your employees. Um, as as long as it's for a business purpose, keep records of what you talked about, why this was a business expense, and then of course, you know, records that you paid for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Hundred percent deductible for this year and next year, but there's talk about kicking that one down a little longer. So that would be cool. That'd be nice, considering the impact that this has had on so many restaurants and business. Owners. Right. Um, you know. Yeah all these small businesses that are around here. And it's just, it's crazy. Um, the impact that it's had. Well, Diane, you know, let's talk about what you, you do, this, the education that you provide. Uh, okay. I, you know, I love, I love for you to talk more about your coaching. You know, I get on those coaching calls and I learn so much. Um, it's just amazing kind of what you're doing 
um, in your business. Um, Thank can you. you. Talk a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a CPA, and so and I started out with a traditional CPA practice, and we we still have that. But my the thing that I really want to do is help people understand all of the tax benefits that are really available for them. Um, there's, I, I mean, I've ha- I've been on those teams for the billionaires, and they get lots of high priced people to figure out every tax loophole there is. But the thing is, is that anybody can use these. Mm-hmm. It's just that they don't have the information on what it is. Now, I shouldn't say everybody. You got to have a business and or invest in real estate. That's where the tax breaks are. But once you do that, you've got the same tax breaks that GE does. If you have a business, it's just a matter of knowing what those are. And so that's been the dedication of my career is helping everybody understand what is it the rich do that we can all do too. Um, And besides writing books, we also have home study courses. And then I have coaching that is uh, the first, second, third, and fourth Wednesday of the month. Um, we do one. That's the first one. It's always on a real estate topic. Um, the, the one that's next that's coming up, just as an example, is your first year in real estate. And it's the eight things that you have to remember to do. And sometimes, whether it's your first year or 20th year, what are the things you have to do to make sure that you're set up for asset protection and for getting all the tax breaks? Um, the second and Fourth Wednesday are kind of a a different program for me. Um, When all of this happened with the pandemic, I realized that a couple of things were going to happen. We're going to have an economy that's going to dramatically change. And second, people are going to have to move from bricks and mortar businesses online and they're going to have to do it fast. So I started a course called Sustainable Digital Empires. I started my first, I went online with my first business 21 years ago, and it's still operating. I took my business completely virtual, my service business, CPA practice. We have multiple CPAs, and we all work virtually. And we did that. We've been doing that now for 14 years. So based on that experience, what have I learned and how can you get a business up and running fast that's profitable and it's sustainable. Mm -hmm. So the second and fourth Wednesday is building out those businesses. And that's been a really fun project. It's it's out of the realm of the tax business, but it's tell me what you want to do and let's build your business. And so that's what we do on the second and fourth Wednesday. And then the third Wednesday is a business uh, topic. This last one was on R&D tax credits, Mm -hmm. which is Boy, that is that's the new uh, rainbow for people who are looking for how do you save on taxes is the R&D tax credits. We've got a, like a perfect storm right now for 2021 on being able to take those credits and really being able to reduce your taxes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that call. Um, I, I really am because I really don't know a lot about that subject matter. So um, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that call. And, you know, just for you to be able to teach people, you know, how to take a virtual, you know, who would have known that you know, something that you started 21 years ago, literally is going to become a business model that we're going to have to do because of the situation that we're in. So yeah. And then the whole thing, reason I started doing it is because I like to travel or I did back then. I did a lot of traveling. It's like, I want to go somewhere where I can just work when and however I want. And this is the perfect way. And then being an accountant, I love the fact that you can set up a virtual business faster and way cheaper than you can with a bricks and mortar. Um, I'm in my home home office right now and you can't see it, but the view over there is the ocean. So it's, um, whatever it is you want, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I'm excited about that, uh, that coaching, because my plan is to, like you, I want to be able to travel and live overseas. And, um, you know, in our business model, we can do, uh, we have to do because of uh, what we do, uh, virtually and, and to be able to learn from somebody that has the 
the the years of experience of doing that is just it's it's an amazing opportunity for all our listeners and viewers here is um, um, get involved. How, how can they find? Uh, how can okay. they find? Yeah. Yeah, best way is US Tax Aid, US T A X A I D.com. You can also find the group on Facebook, Diane Kennedy's, that's me, that with one N, Diane Kennedy's US Tax Group. And you'll find the Facebook group for that too. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you get to see a, a lot of sometimes lifestyle pictures that she'll post on there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. little my pictures of my dogs. Yeah. Big dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm really enjoying our big, as you know, we rescued um, Bear, uh, yeah. uh, our big German Shepherd. Now, my, my my fun hobby now is going to doctor obedience school with him. It's oh, a, yeah. It's amazing, you know, what they can learn if you put some time and effort into it. Okay. Wait till you see what I'm getting in, in two weeks. I, I got a whole agility set coming. Oh, We're yeah. going to start doing, we started doing a dog agility and the dog in our group who got it first time through the course perfect was a chihuahua so yeah i know it's like chihuahua okay we got a video on i gotta post the video again oh that's gonna be fun well Um, uh, uh, bear i I just enrolled him into a sniff um um, school um that would be fun uh, pick up his sniffing abilities to see if he's capable of doing that type of work but it's gonna be a six-week class so i'm looking for that one so well diane it's been you know what this is like it's been a dream of mine to be able to interview you and kind of just reconnecting here, um, especially doing it virtually. And I'm excited that my listeners and viewers can actually get a chance to introduce this amazing person, this amazing resource um, uh, just for you, your business and take advantage of what she has to offer because it truly is, it it could be life-changing if you do. Thank you. So Uh nice. Thank you for thinking of me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Well, you enjoy your rest of your day. and um, You too. Um, your beautiful weekend uh, along the coast and yeah. we're going to head back up into the, the snow here in a little bit. <laughs> it's so funny. We're not that far apart, but the weather is so different, isn't so it? Technically, we're only like two and a half hours away, but maybe right. three hours away, right? So Yeah, I know. <laughs> Say hi to your family. So take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can always reach the Godfather, Carlos Samaniego, at TaxDebtConsultant.com or call him directly, 909-570-1103 or on Facebook. Look for the Tax Debt Consultant. Make sure you pick up his book, How to Make the IRS, an offer they can't refuse, on Amazon. Remember, you can live the life of a good fella. Once you take care of your tax problems, the Godfather is here to help.